Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. This is episode 107. I am Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis, sitting in the captain's chair this time around, because Martin told me I'm supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) He has the con. I have the con. I have the con, gentlemen. Yes, exactly. Code of honor, boys. We're going to talk about quotations. Great quotations. You never know where we're going to come from, but somehow, Robertius Malleus the Hammer will tie it all together at the end. So, uh, I'm assuming that you're prepared, because, hey, you don't have to prepare. The show is your preparation. Well, that's true. <laughs> you guys are my show prep. That's right. Uh, but I do have my document open. The you know I scroll through my list of quotations. Well, yeah, uh, you have a, a robust master list yes. you're working through. Yeah. Uh, you and I have not added to it in a while. But you know we only do these one one once a month, so yeah. I'm probably good for a while. And I think on occasion, once or twice, I've actually come up with one not on the list. I was going to say, I know you've got to have gone off your own reservation at least once or twice. Your your mental hard drive is is loaded with these, I know. It's full of useless information. (laughs) I'd like to think we all share that virtue, I mean, that's that's part of my deal, too, is stuff pops in old Martin's head and sometimes makes sense and sometimes doesn't, but... Well, I'll say this. As many of these as we've done, and that's been quite a few... We've never, ever had a stinker on this one, I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But, you know, it's... To me, Code of Honor is us at our most essential best. Our most philosophical. Uh, well, yeah, there's some of that. Yeah. yeah, very true. But, I mean, it's us sitting around talking about, you know, the those eternal questions. That's right. Pointless discussion of eternal questions. I mean, that's how this whole thing started. Was That's right. Basically, code of honor kind of stuff. Yeah, we just kind of you know? we, we kind of retooled, refined, and sharpened our pencils I a mean, little bit. You know, because I mean, a lot of code of honor will take from history and pop culture and from biographies. So it's it's kind of the the essence of all the others distilled yeah. into these it, quotations. It's a, the it's meta a, topic, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a leadership uh, uh, development. Uh, uh, what do they, what do they call those things? Uh, seminar. Seminar. Yes. Yeah. It's a leadership seminar and a history lesson and a and a debate on language, all kind of rolled into one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know this, this just hits us where we. These live. are my favorite. They yeah. really are. Absolutely. Yeah. We always do a great job on that. I yeah. guess we need to get started. You want to go first, Martin, or you want me to? I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off. How's that? Oh, that's so No problem. So you're you a captain. You can you, you can you can assign me to kick it off. This is true. There we go. Yes, there lead we the go. landing party. Oh, he's the wearing a red shirt today. The away team. I'm the away, the away team. Well, this is true. Yes. It depends on which version you were talking about. Yeah, I'm lead Riker. the away team. That's right. And wearing either wearing the red shirt. But that's your, okay. If he's Riker, it's good to wear the red shirt. That's correct. It's the gold so, shirt you don't want to wear. And it even has a beard too. This is this yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm wearing my merch today. That's right. Yes, you got the swag on today. Uh, normally we all do. Uh, for some reason, uh, Robert and I just didn't go there. My t-shirt was not in my. I think it's in the dirty clothes. So and I was not pulling out the hoodie today in the hamper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's well, a glorious you know, we try day. to fly the colors as often as we can and yeah, yes. uh, let people know. We've gotten many comments when we wear them out, especially when the three of us are wearing them together and, and go to a restaurant or something like that. Yes. Yeah, it, uh, spread the gospel, baby. All right. So I'm going to go with something that I, this is a kind of against the grain for me in doing a popish culture typeish one. I like it when you stretch. Sir. Yes. Yes. Normally, uh, mine are, are very. Grounded, very concrete, very historical, or or literature or something like that. But I'm going to do um, 
the Klingon proverb. Oh, you get me where I live, that's for sure. I don't even have to bring up Star Trek this time. You do. I've got it, uh, yes. Well, I did it right from the start because I told you you had the kind. Well, that's true. That's right. So, 4,000 throats may be cut in one night by a running man. Uh, or in Klingon, I, I'll try to not mangle this too badly. Kastavish waram ilos hut slija Get yelled. Yeah, don't give up your day job, but you're doing fine. <laughs> well, I think there's a, a big part of the Klingon is you got to yell some of it. That's some of it, and it's very clipped, yeah. and it's very some spit should Google. probably come out too. Yeah, that's I think right. I got something on my screen here. I'll wipe that one down. But that's yeah, you know, and I'm not sure exactly who's the screenwriter that came up with that one. According to Wikipedia's wiki quote. Uh, it appears in Day of the Dove, oh, yes. the original series episode, 4,000 Throats May Be Cut in One Night by a Running Man. So the reason that that one keeps popping back in my head lately is just this whole notion of there's, whenever you're trying to get something accomplished, it, it takes the work. Mm-hmm. Put the work in. That's the running. Uh-huh. Get out there and actually do whatever it is you need to be well, doing. Well, that and throat slitting, but yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's a very Klingon yes. uh, it is, yes. 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 But it's, I, I just, I've had this on my mind. Of course, it's, you know, it's summer break for, for Bjorn. Um, Ivar's been down here at the basement hard at work with his, his job. And uh, Mrs. Martin recently uh, starting a new new job. So this this whole thing of how do you cut down a task well you, you get to it mm-hmm. get to running and once you get the work going and get underway you'll be surprised at what you can accomplish oh yeah you the you can cut 4,000 throats in a night are metaphorically you, are you speaking of the virtue of individual initiative here perhaps? yes individual yeah. initiative uh, and also of just Putting in the effort. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, uh, the quote that I'm going to pick it nails exactly into that, and we didn't coordinate this at all. I'm kind of almost stunned, and it's almost <laughs> scary. I won't. I'll save it for one for mine, but it's it's kind of the same. It's the, the same daggone thing. Yeah, it really it's is. it. Th- there's value in the effort. There's value to the work. Well, in, uh, yeah, even more to the point, nothing happens without it. Right. True. And, and we're just in that kind of this, we've talked about this before, this moment in history where delayed gratification is a mystery concept yes. to so many. Yeah, but, I, well, I find your, uh, your quote interesting for, for, your take on the quote interesting um, from this point of view. Uh, and that is, it has its uh, origins ultimately in the idea, because uh, it's not unique, obviously, the, to the Klingon culture, Uh <laughs> That in a very waspish Calvinist uh, American yes. approach to things, yes, uh, you know, where we've got to be doing, uh, and so, but that's not always the case. You're right that delayed gratification is an unheard of concept anymore. We got to have it now. We need it now. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't want to put in any effort. I just want to make some TikTok videos and get rich and famous. Right. Um, which you know I don't understand. I put in the work, but it's not there. All five minutes of it. 
Uh, <laughs> well, it's very, very um, similar to the idea. Yeah, we all know people like this, and my wife has them in her job all the time. That spend an enormous amount of energy, effort, brain power, etc., to try and not work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to try, try, yeah, to, to try to get out to of try things. to get out of work. That's correct. Yeah, but like, but you, you know just what? Put that effort into it, you're gonna just have the job done. That's right. But that's just it, though. The point, the the goal is to not do that job. That's so right. the goal is laziness, sloth. Mm, sometimes. sometimes, sometimes, because sometimes in, in the in the examples yeah. I'm working under. Yes. Um, and, and to give you a, just a bit of an opposing point of view on that, as far as you know, need to put in the work. Yeah, and any goal, obviously, to achieve it, you need to put in the work. But uh, Bishop Robert Barron uh, was listening to one of his podcasts uh, just yesterday. Wonderful guy. And he was talking about. Um, teaching like an intro to philosophy class at uh, uh, probably, uh, was it Munich? Mundelein. Mundelein. Yeah, he was rector in Mundelein. Uh, I couldn't remember. I couldn't, didn't up know how to pronounce it. Up off near Chicago, head. yes. Uh, but he used to teach intro to philosophy before, before he became a bishop. Mm-hmm. And um, he would tell the class, you know, this is the most useless class you will take. Now, he wasn't saying that to put his class down. Right. But he was saying, but it is also the most useful thing, class that you will take in the sense that, or most important class maybe, uh, because the things that have no use, meaning no utility for something else, means that they are good in and of themselves. So you do it, you know, like reading the comics page or looking at a sunset. There's no utility to those, but they can have great purpose and meaning in and of themselves. Uh, so sometimes... It warms know, your soul. It warms your soul. So sometimes we can get caught up in you know, doing the running and the throat slitting to get those 4,000 done in one night. Metaphorically. 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 Of course, yes. Um, that we sometimes Unless lose. Unless you're jammed up on traffic on 65 and then... Yeah, then... Yo, you know, start slitting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's probably the place where you could probably get all 4,000 done because <laughs> you're all jammed up. Yeah, um, But, you know, sometimes maybe we shouldn't be running to do that. Yeah, the, the, the proverbial slow down and smell the roses. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I like the quote because you're very right. You know, there's it's important to know that we have to do the work to get the, yeah. the right result. Um, sometimes, though, we forget that Maybe that's not the right result. Yeah, because uh, we well, kind of caught up. Not the unfortunately, only result. Well, it's yeah, not the I only mean, result. Yeah. Sometimes ditches need to be dug, but they need to be dug in the right place. Right. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, work for work's sake can be useless. In, in the no pur- no purpose, no purpose. Too. Yeah, it's the but, the, uh, the menial jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, even menial jobs need to be done. No, yeah. Somebody's got to well, empty well, the, the, the trash. And if you do them well, there. If a, they weren't necessary, nobody would hire you to do them. That's exactly it. Except and maybe there, the government. There is a yes. inherent <laughs> dignity to work of yes. any type. Yes, there is. And we, yes, we don't want much. to lose sight of that. That's kind of where I was going with that, is to make sure that we recognize that all work has dignity because by its nature, uh, it dignifies the human right. person. Uh, but you should want to do it right uh-huh. and well. Right. Because yes. there is a difference between right and well. You can be efficient but not effective and vice mm-hmm. versa. Uh, effective but not efficient. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly be efficient by just pushing your work onto someone else. <laughs> right. That's the best use of my time, <laughs> yeah. you to do my yeah. job. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I've railed against, and I've probably even mentioned it here. You know, when you start to talk about process improvement, 
you know, I like to think about those kind of things on a very macro level, but sometimes people don't see them that way. And process improvement is, well, I'll just give this work to someone else. No, that's not an improvement. That, yeah, that, you know, that makes it easier for you, but that doesn't make it easier for the organization. Yeah, the job job is not done as well. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, why why do we need you? You would think there would be that strategic understanding in there that if you're constantly pushing work off on someone else, you might get to the point where you're not necessary. Yes, and I've, I've told co-workers that occasionally, too. It's like, <laughs> dude, they'll get somebody in here and pay them half as much to do twice as much work. That's right. You know, you better kick it. Uh, exactly. And that's, it's unfortunate, you know, that should be your last thing that you say to them. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing how many people require that to be said to them. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and Robert, of course, always going right to the kernel of it is this Calvinist outlook of... <laughs> You know, it it is very much a part of my DNA to watch. I watched my dad work six days a week for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, sick and dying of cancer, but he got rehired after he retired. And then they're calling him because all the kids are all, I have a hangnail, I can't come in. And he wanted him to, you know, come in and work a few hours at the grocery store. It's like, well, you know. He's kind of on morphine, and <laughs> he's in a lot of pain. How about we leave him alone? Right. But You're, yeah, you don't want a guy on morphine to be handling uh, cutting instruments. You know, <laughs> it's probably not a good thing. So it's uh, just—it's very much a part of my worldview that work's got to get accomplished. Please get out of my way. I can get this work finished if if I can get to it and get it on. Well, plus if we get the job done, we've got time for relaxation and leisure and the ability to sit around a table and talk about these issues. Yes. You know? Because ideally, no, we don't want to work six days a week and be so exhausted on the seventh day we can't do anything. Yeah. That shouldn't be the goal. Yeah. But sometimes the methods are the same because you got to put in... You you put most of your work in early uh, to get something off the ground, Mm -hmm. you know? And so... When we are young and have energy and enthusiasm and we're too stupid to know any better, it's okay to do that because there are less restraints on us from outside sources, whether it's family or whatever. Uh, and we just have more mental and physical energy to do that. You know, I can't do some of the stuff. I don't want to do some of the stuff that I was you know, <laughs> doing when I was you know, 20 years ago because I just don't have the patience for it anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you do a lot of that work up front, you can enjoy the back end. Yeah. And it's well, also a lot about being attention to detail. Yes. Do all the work. Don't just do a chunk of it, but do all the work. If there are subsidiary tasks that have to be completed, then the job's not really done until that subsidiary, that 4,000th throat is cut. Right. You know, 3,999 of them, the job's not done. Do the do it all. That's right. Because that 4,000th throat might be the most important one. Yeah, you know, the majority of the job is not the job. Oh, so you're basically you're saying, in many respects, the job is the journey, not the destination. You're saying it is the destination. Uh, I'm saying it's a little of both. Well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to set up an oppositional relationship, but yeah. I do want to kind of tease out the fact that yeah, they both matter. Yes, absolutely, yes. they both matter. And, uh, yeah. Yes, because you know, where you go is just as important as how you get there in many mm-hmm. respects, and vice versa. Yes. Uh, that you cannot, and realistically, I mean, think about it, you cannot separate one from the other. Right. 
Right. Because unless you never start the journey. Ah, uh, so that's, that's uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, yes. But once you start, then yes, how you get there is supremely important. Yeah. Because it, it needs to be not just efficient, you know, by running mm-hmm. and effective, but honest, but it you know, I think it has to be right and good. It has to be moral and ethical too. Now granted a job worth doing. A job worth doing. Now throwing that into the context of, you know, cutting four thousand throats may sound like an oxymoron, but again, that's the metaphor. It's a matter and and I know one of Francis's things too is well you know uh, in in I think it's Spock, you know, one loves to be of service or, or one desires to be of service. Actually, uh, that would be that would be Worf. The honor is to serve. Another Klingon yeah. thing uh, that he uses, and there's and there's truth to that. Is uh, by doing what you do for the betterment of others, whatever that is. He, see, he defines it broadly. He's very macro, not micro. Right. There, there's honor in serving. There's the honor in servicing. You know, whatever the cause is, or whatever. And see, that's what I want to tease into is even the most drudgery, menial. Hamster wheelie, if that's a word. Yeah. Type I of, like that hamster uh, wheelie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, type. I, I saw of, a hamster wheelie open for Y and T in 1987. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to say CSN and Y in '74. I'm thinking, wait a minute, we're a little too young for that. Yeah. No, hamster wheelie strikes me as just like a hair metal band name. So yeah. that's why yeah. I said Y and T. Well, that's it. But but what I'm saying, even even those that has to have dignity. Yes. And the only way that it has dignity is if the person who's performing that duty sees the value in it. I believe. Um, I believe. Uh, there, there, there are those who may not bother, but it should be there for them to find if they if they desire it. Otherwise... Well, I see now you just contradicted yourself. No, no. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm well, because, it, you know, you, you, there, cause I think there is dignity without them seeing the dignity. Oh, there, oh yes. There, there is. There absolutely is. But I think it's essential that they be able to see yes, it. Yes, absolutely. They, they, because they otherwise be it's, it. it's akin to almost slavery. Yes. Uh, I will pause something really quick. A little bit of a sidebar. But I propose that Worf is the greatest Klingon philosopher ever. Oh, I, I can. Okay. I, absolutely. I, I, I second that. Absolutely. I'll vote for that. Because he tries, he, he strives to live the ideals of his culture. Yes. And the good ones. That's correct. Not the bad ones. And, and that which he is in a u- unique position to do because he did not grow up there. That's why he idolizes it. So that's why he picks the good stuff. Yes. And he's not real happy when he runs across Klingons that don't live up to that ideal, like <coughs> Gowron. <coughs> but we Duras. 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 It's a good day a to good die, die Duras. And the day is not yet over. over. Oh, yes. We could do Durash quotes. Oh, that's, right, that's, right, that's, that's the best stuff. Kadar was my mate. Rawr. That is how it shall be. I'm sorry. We're going off the tent. <laughs> who started this warf? You started this I, You business. mentioned him. I did. That's correct. But yes. You know, I, I, we I, have I, a, you know, perhaps we should do a warf episode. A warf appreciation? A warf appreciation episode. Oh, we yeah. Should do that. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, yeah. I, I, we could, you know. I mean, done, that's one there where... You almost would have to really make the effort. Can we contact Michael Dorn? <laughs> oh, is good there, point. Is yes. there, because he is Worf. He is the keeper. Of the character, yes. He's he is the, the keeper of Klingonism. He yes. is. And in fact, Worf is the, has had the most appearances of any Star Trek character, period. Yes. Yep. And it's not even close. Not even, not... Nope. Anywhere remotely close. Right. Chief O'Brien Chief would O'Brien's have had close. that. Yeah, 
He's lower. Until Worf came onto the show. That's right. Yeah. On the Deep Space Net. Yep. Uh, yes. Anyway. All right. We've digressed. Brother, what do we want to do? We want to do bourbon break and then turn you loose, or do we want to turn you loose? And I want to do... tur- turn me loose because I'm gonna. We're, we're gonna keep going on the same dang on thing. And then bourbon bit. break before that's Robert. Right. Well, he, well, he he brings us all home. All right, go now. I went into this when we sat down to, uh, to get ourselves prepared for this episode. I hadn't <coughs> I hadn't looked at anything. I didn't have a clue. I was a blank tabula rasa, and I said, "What should I go for?" Because you know? you've been. Busier in a one arm wallpaper hanging well, for a couple it, it, of that's weeks. That's part here. of it. You know, I'm always thinking about stuff, you know, like that. But I hadn't, I hadn't really pushed into this one here yet. And I said, well, let's go. You know, there's a, there's a, a, a list, and we each have our own list of folks we love to quote from. Even if we've not quoted from them, we still think these are the guys. Lincoln is one of them. Hemingway is one of them. Yeah. And Twain is another one. And I said, you know, I don't know if we've done Twain. I can't imagine we haven't, but. We definitely need to. He's one that, you know, come on, this guy here, he's, you know... Uh, he should be on an Our Heroes episode. Yeah, and Which, I find yeah, this I interesting we'll that, that you, you, Hemingway, Lincoln, uh, uh, Twain, but then me is Orwell, O'Rourke, and Nietzsche. <laughs> well, I mean, we can't, we should. It's kind of like, wait, these two guys hang out together? What? <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> wait. Yeah, well, there's... Well, my stuff's all over the place. Well, uh, I mean, that's yeah. why you know if we all had the same thing, it would get very boring. Very well, that's true. Yeah. We've talked about that before. You know, we we each bring uh, different and unique things to the table, literally, uh, that complement one another. And that's what makes our friendship so fruitful. And mine's always very like this heathen, subversive <laughs> thing. His is always very like this. Grand sort of idealism. Ide- yeah. Oh, the, yes, Mister yeah. Optimism. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 just, that's I so make great. no apologies for that. People can call me naive if they want. I've been called that many times. You know, uh, I'm happier than most people. I can pretty well bet. Yeah. So uh, come on, it, attitude really is everything. It really is, and I plan on hopefully living a long life and a fruitful one because of looking at the world uh, with an optimistic outlook. We You're are, not going with that. The good die young, right? Nope. Nope. I'm I'm going more with, uh, uh, and this is a basic Catholic theological belief: is that we were created good. Yes. And we've always we're searching to get ourselves back to our true self. Yes. Uh, and that's excellent, kind of, excellent way to put it. Love it because that is the that is the essential mm-hmm. truth of what redemption is all about. That's exactly right. That's right. Getting back to where we were supposed to be and were. We we are created that way. Anyway, I digress slightly. Uh, uh, this is a good digression, though. I, but I, I I really want to. Uh, Twain is where I wanted to go, and you know, there's a bazillion quotes. And of course, he's very snarky when he wants to be. I'm not doing that this time. This is not the in your face, you know, uh, the flying finger of friendship, metaphorically speaking, that Twain was known to give for all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. that he was whatever, the master of the master of it, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, this one here. Uh, is I didn't I had this picked before you started I didn't I mean you had mentioned your quote but I didn't even think about it when I picked this here uh, there's tons of stuff I could have picked and I picked a short one very very short uh, the secret of getting ahead is getting started <laughs> I had like I said I did not coordinate with that with you but and you all know we've talked about this I'm in the process of writing a novel uh, I'm almost finished actually with my first draft I'm just I've just got two chapters left and I've been reading for the last year everything I can get my hands on on how to do it well, constantly, because it's all about craft. 
we, we love craft here. You look to the masters and those who have done it so well and try to figure out not to make the stupid amateur mistakes. I was telling my wife the other day, the one thing I do not ever want to be accused of is, oh, well, that, you, you look so amateur. You know, just because you're doing something for the first time doesn't mean you have to do it amateurishly anyway. But the advice I see over and over and over and over and over again is there's a whole lot of people out there that want to have written, but very, very few who actually want to write, that want to do the work. And the advice that are always given uh, on Quora and other places like that is sit your butt down and write. Yes, and absolutely. And that process is onerous, you don't have any business starting. Yep. Because if you want to if you want to write the great American novel or whatever it is, you have to sit down and do it. You have to do it. You have to start. You actually have to put those put those words down on paper or in computer. <laughs> yeah. Blog post, screenplay, yeah. Novel, Those, whatever it is, yeah, and that, and it, it, do it. It's right. It's it's a cre- and this is kind of speaking in the creative arena, but it's not. It's meant to be exclusively for that. Any job that you want to get done, you kind of went with the let's get the job done. I'm kind of thinking let's stick with the creative process, because I do believe that all of us have a desire to create. It's built into the needs procreate. Built into the need. It's exactly right. It's an extension of that. Yes. Uh, and it's it's something that we want to we want to reproduce. And I don't want to reduce this to biology, but it, it's it's something that God gave us. We want to be better. We want to make something that's wonderful, that's good. There's a there's wonderful. a desire that, for goodness. That, that's a good word for it. Yeah. That's a good word. We want to create something wonderful. That's well, even exactly those it. who who take it. Uh, that same impulse down dark paths, what they're doing is is still kind of the same thing. They have something, a vision that they want to make real. Oh well, you, you, you know, somebody you know, since we're doing World War II for history this year, somebody like a Hitler takes that down the darkest path imaginable. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. Yeah, the vision that he sees, nobody else wants what, to see. Right. What nobody's he, saying. He's in his mind. He's creating a utopia, a yes. German utopia, and yes. the Jews and the undesirables, etc., etc., etc. Are standing in the way, so it's easy to see how you can pervert a vision. Yes, to create or something have better. a vision that is already perverted. Well, that's correct. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Uh, so, to uh, pl- piggyback on on yours, and, and this is not my summing up, by the way, uh, but so to uh, bastardize uh, Martin's quote: uh, four thousand words may be written in a single day by a writer who actually sits down. Freaking rights. <laughs> well, that's that's right. That's 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 my, you know, that whole that quote from Twain can apply to anything. That's just what the the door I'm. That's why it spoke to me. Yeah, is because yeah. I'm seeing that a lot. And and repeat it again. The the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Getting started. So if you if you want to write yeah. this this book, which is kind of where I'm talking, you've got to actually sit down and write the book. You've got to do the work, and it is a long arduous and extremely detail oriented because you know otherwise it's going to be a piece of crap anybody can can write a hundred thousand words of crap but to write something good that's worth reading that has some beauty and worthiness to it you've got to know your craft i love it when francis goes down this road it's it's really good stuff really really good stuff and it strikes me again this 
we, we so many of our code of honors kind of hit this theme of action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've mentioned it in many of mine. These things that appeal to me are these things about get it done, get out there and do, take action. Passivity is to us a bit suspect or perhaps even onerous. Well, and that does it go is. back to you know one of the reasons I made the comment about the Calvinist waspish approach to yours is that's infused into the concept of what it means to be an American. Yes. Uh, sometimes uh, from a Catholic perspective negatively because yes. you know the the doing isn't always as far as achieving material goals is not the only thing that should be done. So when we talk about taking action, you know, at least to me, it doesn't always mean uh, building the house, uh, doing you know really good on whatever project at work. Those are all those are good things. They yes. need to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, uh, it's not just about that. You know, it ju- just as snakes and otters is not about material goods. It's it's an intellectual exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the intellectual exercise, the artistic exercise, those are just as, if not more important than the to-do list that uh, that Calvinistic approach to life can sometimes reduce us to. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the danger of some of these things. These quotes are really good, and they're motivated. I like motivating quotes. Mm-hmm. That's a good number of mine come from those kind of sources. But I also recognize the inherent danger in that, that that we sometimes, as a people, not us necessarily here, mm-hmm. yeah. can get caught up in the the doing and we forget about the fact that we are human beings, not human doings, which oh. I've used before. Very, very <laughs> true. That's right, because our dignity and sanctity does not rest in our productivity. Exactly. Or our creativity. Exactly. Wow. So, I mean, there's an indictment of John Stuart Mill we were just which worked Which we in. love doing every <laughs> Uh, we, oh, I'm seriously it's thinking. It's crazy, well, guys. We're we're okay. Well, let's let's grab this Presbyterian Calvinist influence. Let's run down John. By two Stuart Catholics Hill, and the heathen, you know. And it, <laughs> but uh, you know, you talk about an intellectual exercise and a leadership seminar. Could I could I be standing in front of people as an introvert and doing a TED talk on all this? No, I don't think I could. You could, Robert. I bet. Um, Francis could. No, no. I don't think I can. Well, but in this context, this becomes a leadership seminar. It becomes that well, lesson of the work is worth doing. If it weren't, nobody would hire you to do it. And additionally, what's the first principle of leadership? Lead yourself well. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you can't lead other people in an organization if you don't do what you do well. Mm-hmm. Do your job first. Then you can worry about leading others and being a servant to others. See, and and that's part of where I'm going with with this. It's, again, it's not a criticism criticism of the concept. It's a criticism of the uh, the concept taken to the extreme. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing the job well is great. Doing the right job is even better. Mm-hmm. But the right job really is so much bigger. And part of that does start with making sure you are fully alive, the most human you can be. Mm-hmm. And it's a common theme we talk about in these a lot because it's so important. Without these core fundamentals, nothing else matters. 
you know, the person who is not trying to, uh, as Francis said, to get back to what we were meant to be, mm-hmm. is never going to achieve all they could, first of all, because they're missing out a, a, a major aspect of what it means to be human. And that is something that uh, far too often uh, we do see. And we see that with, you know, people who maybe grew up in the Great Depression, all they're worried about, you know, got to put food on the table, you know, got to work hard six days a week to make sure Mm -hmm. that we've got, because, you know, even though your dad's a baby boomer, he grew up coming out of that time period. Right. With nothing. With nothing. That's correct. And survival does put a different perspective on things. When you're in survival mode... The art and the creativity come; they come later. That's right. Uh, and I recognize that uh, absolutely because you have to be alive to be able to do any of that stuff. Right. Now, where we are in our culture today, maybe we we could use a little bit more survival mode because we are well past the point where you have to work for anything anymore. At least that's what a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology has made lives too easy, and in that sense, has created the ability. To screw things up really badly. Well, we've created our own Cylon overlords. <laughs> Some are saying. Uh, uh, yeah, just, but they're not necessarily machines. That's uh, well. I mean, uh, you, you know, we're, we we have plenty of technology on this table that we're working with. That uh, is, we that all of us uh, in this modern age find ourselves so tied to. In so that's many very ways. true. The yes. classic FOMO, fear of missing out, slaves to our phones. Yes, so that's that's correct, and. And there is a biological dopamine pleasure center. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, the phones, um, yeah. we yeah. have seen that phones, just like pornography, change our brain chemistry. Correct. Uh, just like in the same way that drugs do. Mm-hmm. Because you get that dopamine hit That's it. and makes you desire it more. Right. And just like with uh, drugs and pornography, you need more and more of it. To achieve the same level That's right. of that it is, hit. It is an ultimately self-defeating prophecy. Yes. That you can never have enough. And they are distractions from uh, both sides of what we've been talking about. The Doing the job well. Doing getting, and being. Doing and being. Because if you're tied to a screen, you're not. You're neither doing nor being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I just love how we, we've hit both sides of this. We... we, we, we appreciated what the quotes are trying to tell us mm-hmm. and at the same time guarded against what could be wrong without outlook balanced it out well sure yeah we're well, balanced well uh, uh, I like to a, think we are, a good breakfast we are critical thinkers and we recognize that we can take any of these philosophical things and pick them apart and find out what's good and what's not so good and problematic I'd say and work with it. You know, it might be time for bourbon, actually. I think it's time to do a bourbon break and then turn it over to Robert. Yes, the uh, Robertius Malleus. What the heck am I drinking, Martin? Because you poured it. I don't well, you asked me to pour you a, a glass of Old That's Tom what it Neat. was. I'm sitting here, couldn't remember, because he was saying, can I pour you a glass, uh? And I says, yes, something, something. And I couldn't remember you what said, that was. pour a glass of Old Tom, and I said, so you win. That's right, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, yes, with the perfect Val Kilmer impersonation, actually, very well. So, yes, we're returned to Studio M, and, and uh, Francis wanted a, a quick slug of Old Tub. Which, I haven't even, which has been sitting here in front of me all this time, and I haven't even touched it. Oh, I've had a few that. sips of mine. Oh, Robert and I decided to go with my brand new bottle of uh, Woodford Reserve, oh, which is right. always uh, Robert's favorite. Well, the, the Double Oaked is my is Oh, my yeah, that's right, the Double Oaked. Yes, yeah, which is a slightly more expensive bottle, unfortunately. Yes, this which is just that's a, what we, I have some of that at, at, uh, um, at Studio F. The uh, the Woodford I don't think I've had a regular Woodford in a while because I usually keep the the double oaked, um, and one of the things that I've note when I go back and forth between the two, uh, the red regular Woodford is not quite as smooth as the double oaked. Um, Interesting. It, it's okay. it's it, it's burn that bite is a little bit different. It's a little bit more nasally. Uh, it hits in the the back of my sinuses uh, a bit, um, but it's got a, but it's still got a nice warmth. Going down, yes, which I yes. really like. Uh, which yeah, that's the the after effect is so important. Yeah, Old Tub's got that too. It, it sticks with you for a little while yeah. in the best sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. Now he's doing. Francis is doing neat. You did soapstone, right? And which I is, threw a couple ice cubes in mine. Yeah, so which is kind of halfway between you. Yeah, <laughs> I've kind of got a little bit of water. You're just doing chilled, and it's been a while since I've had any Woodford, and. Uh, of course, Woodford is a heavily advertised brand. Mm-hmm. They talk about 200 flavor notes. I don't know. My palate's not sophisticated enough to get all those. But doggone it, it is mighty good. Yes. I, I am getting a little bit of that citrus to it that they advertise and a little bit of sweetness, the the syrup type yes. caramel sweetness. Um, not a heavy one, certainly. Yeah, and then that the, it's smoothly warm. I wouldn't even call it a burn. It's just a warm, right, yeah. smoothly warm Kind of down to your diaphragm. Man. Mm. It's good stuff. Mm. So. Wow. Mm. Are we ready to hammer? I don't know. Let me finish this, man. Hold on. <laughs> mm. I'm the only one sitting here with an empty glass now. So. That's right. Well, right. I think it's hammer time. Oh, it was so good. So got be so what so what Martin is saying he needs to be well lubricated to listen to me. Lubricity, sir. It's it's a good word. It's kind of a man. I could see sitting out on the deck this evening with uh, with another glass of this. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. Oh wow, that's good. So um, I've got several quotes that that could work really really well. America there ended up being three right here together that could work really well. Uh, one's an Amelia Earhart. One is a, is a Mark Twain. Um, oh, and cool. uh, uh, another is actually the quintessential Yoda quote, <laughs> uh, uh, which is you know do or do not there is no try, uh, which uh, easily could tie into this. Yeah, uh, but you know that's that's almost a little that's trite. A, that's a low hanging fruit. For it's Robert. a low hanging fruit for us. Yes, Robert can do better. Um, so I'm really torn between the two of these. Uh, Twain is more eloquent. In his quote, it's essentially kind of the same thing. All three are kind of saying the same same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll do two Twain quotes today. All right, go I, with Twain. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely so loving do it. a little catch up on go our, with our throttle Twain. up. I mean, well, uh, go yeah, with Mark because Twain. you know he's so good and got so much, and we haven't used him yet. Yeah, we we can catch we, up. We, a little we can bit. do that. I mean, we did an entire episode with Nietzsche. Why not? Exactly. Absolutely. So, go for and it. An entire episode of Kirk. So yep. Uh, Twenty years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bowline, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. I almost picked that quote. 
but it was too long, so I didn't pick it. <laughs> I went with the short one. I'm so well, glad you did because that's I, that. But was doing the me. summary, I can pick the longer quote. Yes, you can. And because I'm so glad you did because that is. I love that quote. I love it that is quote. the uh, to me that does such a great job of summing up uh, everything we've talked about because yes. it's got the. Uh, both utilitarian side, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the uh, the the I don't necessarily call it the spiritual side, but the the being. It's the, the doing the and fully, the being. The fully human side. Yes, and it's written in that classic Twain brilliance. Uh, yes, he's not pithy there. He's expansive. Well, there. in a way, he he you know the 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 visual imagery that he, yeah. he evokes oh, is yes. is so yes. good. Yes, uh, you know he's showing not telling. command of the language exactly to draw that picture for the reader. Mm. You know, we uh, most of us aren't going to be all that familiar with the sailing terms, but you know, uh, throwing off the bow lines. It, you know, it, it's basically detaching yourself from the dock, from the shore, from, from the, the shore. safe place, from the safest, from oh, the excellent. safety, from and safety. Telling you, get away from the harbor, get away, get out of your comfort zone. And catch the trade winds in your sails, which is isn't, that is just a phenomenal statement. Again, we don't come from a sailing culture, but you know, it to me is such a great visual in the sense that you know, when you catch the the, the trade winds, yeah. you're riding. You know, to, I guess maybe use more uh, uh, boating kind of term. You know, you're riding that wave. You've got momentum. It gives you momentum, and you're using everything at your all the resources at your command to go where you want to go, and and you're again, filling, you, filling the sails. Yeah, filling the sails and and un, let's get underway. That's right, Martin. You should let your introverted self give the damn TED talk. Step outside that comfort zone. Yeah. Get out of well, the safe harbor. You it, can do it. When Robert's giving that quote, I'm thinking it immediately strikes me. Yes, that's what snakes and otters is. It's so much simpler to not have done this. Right. It's so much safer not to have done this. We're putting ourselves out there. We we cast off the lines. We filled our sails, and we're out there. Right. Um, and not everybody likes it. We reviewed some quotes from YouTube the other right. night. So yeah, we got some unfavorable ones, and it's like, well, you know what? We're not quitting. Right. We're going on. So and Marty and I, we were we were doing our show prep, show prep. And uh, production meeting, production meeting, and you know, uh, Francis got I love tied calling him that because it's the production meeting is cutting the throats. We're working. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, Francis was tied up, couldn't make it, and I had mentioned to Martin that uh, you know I finally got around to looking at the views on our YouTube channel, and we don't get uh, as much traffic there on average as we do with the podcast, but certain episodes. Exploded in con in views, uh, yeah. which is phenomenal. The what if episodes again, another Francis favorite. Yeah, uh, seem to do well on YouTube. The Stonewall Jackson got, uh, I think, the highest number of views there. Uh, we got some comments, uh, some really positive ones. The, the one which I didn't really understand is I couldn't get through the first fifteen minutes of it, or after fifteen minutes I was done. I was like, dude, that's just we were hitting our stride, you know. Yeah, sometimes we can start out a little slow. But that's okay. We get to it. We are worth the wait. Yeah, we're uh, getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. But um, getting out and, and doing the stuff that enables us to be our best 
is what this is about, I think, because you cannot separate the two. Uh, by the way, in the end of that quote was explore, dream, discover. That's exactly what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're exploring the human condition. We're dreaming about what can be, what should be. And in, in the end, discovering, I think, quite a bit about not only ourselves, but uh, our, our culture and human nature. That's right. Yeah. The human condition. Um, the human right. condition. We always talk about that. As that's a big part of what this is, is an exploration of the human condition. In many respects, every, every story is about that. In fact, if a story doesn't have that, it's almost not worth reading. What's the point of doing a history episode if it's not a, an exploration well, of something important well, and the, to and the, the human condition? That's right. And that's where, if you do that, even those who say, well, I don't like history, they should. Because they'll if it's done that way, they'll get that. Okay, well, I can see that. It's about the stories. It still is about the stories. Yeah. And we're biologically wired to appreciate that. Right. It's what separates us from all other creatures is the ability to tell stories Mm -hmm. you know other creatures can communicate sure but it's at an instinctual level it's at a uh what do i need to do now how do we Uh, get fed how do we get fed danger even the even the dolphins as as sophisticated as their communication is supposed to to be according to biologists it's still very much need-based as for, for what we know right and you know maybe that's partially because you know, we're the only creatures to have developed the ability to create leisure time where we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from uh, to a great degree. Yeah. Well, we create uh, our, own, our own purpose. or t- Well, uh, we create our own sense of purpose from the drive that compels us to overcome them. That's James T. from the motion picture. Sense of purpose, yeah. Right. yeah we, well, yeah, we are the only creature capable of hitting Maslow's highest need on that hierarchy. Well, that's what V'ger didn't have. Right. That's what it, was, that's what it needed. Um, <laughs> always got to get the track in there. Of course we do. That's yeah. right. Yet another track. That's yeah. right. Um, but, you know, so, like I said, the reason I like this is to me it, it encapsulates the best of both of your quotes. Yeah. And yeah, it's both the you know because the the other one that I was thinking about, which probably now we'll never use, but you know if we do, we can explore it later. Was uh, uh, Amelia Earhart? The most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity, um, which is another great expression. Mm-hmm. The same kind of thing. And no matter what it is we're talking about doing, you got to start. That's exactly you know, right? You Even do it. what you want to be. If you are everything you ever want to be right now, you might as well die. Because what's you've already achieved everything that you could possibly. And Alexander did weep, for there were no more worlds left to conquer. Yes, now and you know that's why I feel sad and and bad for those who don't have any concept of being a better individual in the sense that I could be better at either being a husband or a father, or I could just learn something new. there would be of more service. It'd be of more service, yes. There's there's more I could do that would serve others. There's, or even as simple as, and maybe this is even more important because this might even be the starting point to some of those things. You know, could I appreciate uh, literature, music, and art more deeply? As opposed to just appreciating, you know, whatever blockbuster movie. Because yeah, you can appreciate that because you can enjoy it, but... 
not many of them make you think. Other than you know using uh, Captain America and Endgame uh, for that for that great heroes episode uh, and making you think, but uh, you know that's us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those who who are so mired in the day to day, to me that those are the people that are stuck in the running man four thousand throats thing. Mm-hmm. They don't see beyond the tasks in front of them. Being very hamster wheeling. Yes, it's it's very hamster wheelie without, and what's worse, without knowing it. Oh yeah, there's the tragedy, yeah, and that is a tragedy. Self aware, yeah, being yeah. self aware that you're stuck on that. Yeah, and that's being more of a human doing than a human being. Yeah, um, because you can be out of whack in both directions. Yeah. You know, you can be so tied up into the being aspect, you know, that you uh, have no desire to uh, to get a job take care of the things that need to be taken care of because you got you got to live you got a place to live you got to put food on the table even if you're unmarried you still there are certain basic realities you have to take care of yeah and, and there's dignity and value in those realities too there yes. is yes and, and i think so- that can be lost on people who see that as commercialism and materialism is like yeah but at the same time getting your Life in order has a value beyond that. Right. It's you know we all wish it, whether we admit it or not. Exactly. In many ways, this is a good summation of the point, not necessarily the the words, but I think the point of the social contract. Yes. Oh yes. Because however you want to define that, whether it's a biological imperative, uh, the Great Leviathan. Or, you know, a John Locke approach doesn't matter whether it's human liberty or human subjugation, uh, although you're going to have a hard time probably putting subjugation. Well, again, that's still one guy trying to impose his view on the rest of the world. Well, that's um, a Hobbesian thing. Yeah. And it, was not the, me- it was not meant to be a bad thing. Right. It yeah, wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. But the point, the point being, you know, the summation of the, the ideal of that social contract is that we are all able to not just do what needs to be done. But make society better. Honestly, you can make the argument, even though I hate the expression of the social contract, for yeah. lack of a better word, in Star Trek, that is an ideal. It's yeah. an unrealistic ideal. Yes. Uh, because supposedly they're not concerned about wealth, they work on bettering themselves. Okay, in reality, that's that's probably not as doable as you think it is. Um, but it's a nice ideal to shoot for. Well, that was Roddenberry. It was yeah. still first season, next generation. It was. His stuff was still... It's before they introduced uh, Ferengis as a necessary evil. Uh, you know, Because right. somebody's got to provide the goods and services. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to do drywall. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, very good, sir. Very good, sir. <laughs> oh, that's great. Somebody's got to do the drywall. But uh, it's... Yeah, I mean... Because everybody else is covered up. Yeah, we got all we can do. We're covered up. We got we, all we can do. We lose money on your we, job. We, <laughs> money on your job. But it... Yeah, I mean, uh, people who don't have a sense of the value of work go in that direction all the time. You know, that, that whole millennial, well, that's just crass commercialism, man. No, it isn't. It's That crass commercialism is what gave you that freaking iPhone that you're so buried into, yeah, you know? Yeah, it, it... When Gee, you think so, about... Gentlemen, you're a little snarky today. Yeah, well, we? but when you think about a home, a nice place to live... Yes, there's a pride of ownership. There's a little bit of, uh, yes, there can be this, I'm not sure what the right word is, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you can be a snot 
because you've got a $450,000 home, whatever. But Elitism. In uh, uh, elitism. But think of all the people who made a living building that home. Mm-hmm. Right. The people who did the drywall, who did the paint, who did the roof, who did the plumbing, who poured the foundation, who people who designed the kitchen. Um, you know, there's more to something like that than just cutting wood for cabinets. Right. Somebody designed that idea. So there's so many things. When you think about a house and all the different uh, specialties and, and things that went into it and all the people who made a living based on All the on government it. regulators that wrote up the rules that governed how you could do things. Oh, wait, maybe ins- that's not a good example. All the inspectors. <laughs> hey, you got to have a 42-inch foot on this pyramid. Your next inspection is in 475 years. He ain't going to let it go neither. <laughs> Tim Wilson, the late, the great, we love it. So, right. And yes, again, Martin's glass is empty. Wow. Well, so I'm a little, probably needing to I'm a little punch. Yes, we're at 52. So we. Yeah, so I like where up. you're going with that house yeah. metaphor, though, because yes. uh, that's exactly what I had, the kind of thing I had in mind when yes. I said this encapsulates the goal of the social contract. Because while we are all individuals, I'm not, um, you know, we are all also part of a community That's right. and to varying degrees we want to participate in that community i know sometimes martin wants to participate in a lot less than, than the rest <laughs> of us uh but that's partially uh, not so much that you don't like people although i'm sure there's some of that sometimes because yeah. i i understand that too people wear me out yeah, it's your, it's, um, are people your source of energy or are they a drain of your energy? Exactly. Well, it's, it's, that's classic introvert-extrovert. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And you are what you are. You know? Right. You can function in both, but you you got a default. But no matter what, we're still part of a community. For you know, There's not a whole lot of desert monks living in a cave anymore. Uh, yeah. Now there's terrorists living in caves, but that's an entirely different thing. Yes. But because we are part of that community, we have both the rights and the responsibilities that go with it. Uh, the rights are to pursue the creative, the, the dreams, uh, to do that exploring and discovering. But there are also responsibilities to make sure that your part in the community is taken care of. Yes. Uh, so whether it's paying the taxes that yeah. you need to, be, to, to keep up the roads or you know being on the neighborhood watch or whatever it is, we have both rights and responsibilities to one another. And you cannot do, you cannot isolate any of this. You can't isolate your rights. You can't isolate your responsibilities. You cannot isolate your um, your doing or your being. Yes. It all works together. Your thought and your action has to both be there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this has just rapidly turned into my favorite code of honor we may have ever done. Wow. <laughs> I, I, just, I just love these two Twain quotes, especially this, this, this language. Again, it's it's just awesome from Twain. This well, this metaphor, this, is this proof that the Twain can meet. Yeah. That, oh, that's, that's terrible. Uh, oh. I'm take his chair for that one. Oh. Okay. But the, I the, don't know. It's terrible, but it's good. It's it's like the, it's the like really the, bad car wreck. You know, you got to slow down to watch. That's right. You can't turn away from it, folks. <laughs> that that imagery, uh, that that visual metaphor of the sailing ship casting off from the shore, leaving your safety. Mm-hmm. Moving from from Plymouth to the New World, yeah, and maybe it is the most it's, ideal because it's the first thing is about what you do, yeah. But 
the doing with a purpose. Yeah. yeah. And that's all from a guy from Missouri. Yeah. He doesn't even know nothing about sailing. That's right. <laughs> well, he was a riverboat pilot. He knows a little bit about the water. Yeah, but that would have been a paddle wheeler. That's right. Yeah. But not, not about, you know, sailing from Boston well, to go he, hunt for whales. That's he right. did live in San Francisco, though, so he would have been exposed to that uh, bit, nautical yeah. culture there yeah. uh, quite a bit. Yeah, major port. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this, again, at 55 minutes, we better wrap up. Uh, yeah. But I could yeah. go on forever. That, I really do like this episode. Is I think it worked out great? really well. This was a very focused episode, probably the one of the most focused Code of Honor that we have done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so very impressive in and, that respect. And still touching so much of what we've done in the past, mm-hmm. building this consistent ethos of what Snakes and Otters is trying to do. Amen. Yes, Amen, brother. Looks good, boys. Let's caulk it. Well said. <laughs> well said, Francis. So right. I feel like I've taken over your captaincy. But no, we all work together. You we know do that. It, we do it well. Uh, it's such a thing. Well, next episode, though. Next time, uh, please. Yes. You know, uh, we're going back to you know the people you should know. Our heroes, and this is a hero episode. Uh, Dwight David Eisenhower. Oh, uh, you know, we're, he, the reason we picked him a is because uh, Martin really wanted to. I suppose it started it, but it kind of ties in with our World War Two remembrance uh, that we're going through this this year. You know, the seventy seventieth anniversary of 80th. the 80th anniversary of the United States entry into World War Two. So. Uh, this ties in well with that. He's a fascinating figure. He really is. He really he is, uh, and he's more than just being political, although we'll talk a lot about that. Uh, it's not just him being a general, but we'll talk about that too. All of which, great exploration next time. Don't miss it. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms, and leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.